bar. I got to talk about this. I'm walking down the hallway today to come in here to do this podcast, and I hear the whistling, and I said, it's got to be bar. I turned around. Sure enough, it is. You're you're really good at whistling, and you're pretty consistent at it. I can't I can't help it. I don't even try to do it. Yeah, no, you don't. I think it just comes out. I knew he was coming down the hallway because I heard him whistling. (laughs) I heard whistling. I just watched Aladdin last night. Oh, there we go. The new one or the old one? Oh, the new one. Will Smith. Okay, yeah, it was okay. It was good. I enjoyed it. Jasmine is in here. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look at me. It makes me nervous. Disney, Disney needs to hire that guy. He could be in the next zippity doo He has like a little flutter to it, too. He had it. He had that. I haven't heard that since our zippity doo And good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Mark Rosen, your host. And, Kirk, i got to tell you, we've been doing this show for six weeks now, plus the, the, the preview show for the beginning of the season. If I walked into this room uh, and I didn't know uh, whether the Vikings won or lost, I couldn't tell by your demeanor. There's something very, st- <laughs> really steady about it. Yeah. And I, is that the way you always con- have conducted yourself, win or lose, up to the ne- just next up? You know, it actually goes back to my uh, years in college. I was a very emotional football player uh, growing up, emotional athlete. And I, I really rode the roller coaster and, and was an intense competitor, but at times it would hurt me. And I talked to a um, psychiatrist actually at Michigan State who Nick Saban has used for years everywhere he's gone he's actually counseled with his players at Alabama to this day but uh, he talked to me about playing quarterback like a CEO would lead a company and so I try to have a very um, intense passionate but very uh, consistent demeanor and approach and I, I do like to have routine in the way I prepare and so I can't let a win or a loss change that although emotionally it does you know, eat at you one way if you lose or, or you're riding high after a win. I don't want it to change anything about the way I prepare. I always want to have that edge regardless. And so I've tried to stay consistent. I take it as a compliment that you've noticed. But uh, sometimes it's, I'm not perfect, but it is something I try to, to uh, take seriously about the way I play the position. I think it, it provides consistency and enables you to win the long game mm-hmm. and have a career, not just a quick flash of a of a season, but have a true career where you maintain production. You called uh, the game plan after Sunday's win uh, a very creative game plan. A lot that lot that went into it. And we want to we want to focus on one drive because that twenty four to three lead quickly turned into a twenty four twenty lead, and you could sense the the anxiety in the stadium a little bit. And the Vikings took the ball after a terrific play by Eric Kendricks, who will be one of our guests coming up here in a little bit. You started in your twenty five yard line, and you went on a 75-yard drive, and there was not one third down that you had to complete on that drive. So if you can kind of take us through your mindset and the, under, the hunter, yes. under the huddle and, and, and uh, under the center. Well, Rudy said in the huddle before the drive started, he said, we have to get a touchdown here. Have to. And so we understood the, the goal, and it starts by getting the first first down. Two tight ends right, first and ten, Dalvin the tailback. Play action by Kirk, back to pass, pats it, fires, caught at the 39, digs on his knees. Just inside the numbers, far side of the field, connection of 33, things have stabilized a bit, first down. And the play call that came in was a play action, and I loved the call. It was a call that I had kind of highlighted before the game and and knew we were going to get it called at some point. We actually had it dialed earlier, and the defense jumped off sides, and so the play was blown dead. And so, to Kevin's credit, he came back to it in that moment, and that was the perfect moment for it. We needed it. Diggsy got open, protection held up. I took a, an extra second hitch but had time to do it, and we made a great play. And that, I think, gave us some breathing room to kind of get out of our own uh, territory and, and start to take the fight to them. 
And then to not have a third down on the drive was a big piece because it just took the pressure off us to keep attacking. The unpredictability of that drive, I think, spoke volumes as well because you had a second and two in your 46 normal situation, hand the ball to Dalvin Cook or Madison, whoever's in the game. Instead, you go to your, your rookie receiver, yeah. O.B.C. Johnson, for 16 yards, and that had to throw the Eagles' defense off a little bit. Cousins goes back to pass, sprints out to the right, passes, and it is caught at the 37-yard line by a leaping B.C. Johnson. That drive was a microcosm of the game as a whole. I found that plays kept coming in that were unique and unpredictable, and, um, and yet I was so excited about each one. And I thought, yes, this is going to work. This is going to work. We're going to attack. I, I can see why he's calling this. And so there was an, a, um, an understanding of the game plan, but also a great job of keeping it off balance in a good way. And uh, uh, that was a great play-action call. Again, uh, pocket broke down a little bit, was able to get outside the pocket, and BC stayed on the move, uh, created some separation, and I was able to kind of put it where we say ours or nobody's, and it was his. And he made a great catch and got his body down before he hit the sideline. So that was a huge play to just steal a chunk and continue to keep the momentum. And that was, as it turned out, the longest play of that drive. He kept chipping away. He got it, you know, Diggs ran around right in. Was that the play where he's going to throw the ball? Yes, I believe right after that we called the trick play. Number three receiver. First and ten. Feeling in motion. They're going to hand it to Adam. He's going to flip it to Stephon Diggs. Running to the right. Pumps. He's looking down the field. Fakes a pass. Jump step at the 40. Sprints to the 35. And Diggs crawls to the 30. Somehow, some way, that ended up being an eight-yard game. Practice, and it had drawn up pretty good, but we knew the defensive end, Brandon Graham, was the key. If he would go with Adam Thielen on the jet sweep or just not chase the, the receiver, uh, we had a chance. But he, to his credit, he's a Pro Bowl player, chased Adam and then redirected and really made Diggsy have to become an athlete at that point and just make a play. And he did, which is, you got to see why Stefan Diggs is who he is with how quick twitch and and uh, elusive he was with the ball in his hands on that broken play. When you watch him practice that play, does he have a pretty good arm? Can he make that throw? <laughs> we always doctor it up on the scout team, so we let him know, hey, let Diggsy throw it, <laughs> defensive end, you know, let the quarterback block you, don't, you know, let's get a feel for this play. So every time he threw it in practice, he would hit it, and uh, that was always fun. You know, it was kind of a hold-your-breath moment when the ball left in the air. And it was funny, in the locker room after the game, uh, we called that play a certain name, and and our owner, Mr. Wilf, came over and he said, boy, I, I was hoping that play was going to work. And he called it by name. And I said, how do you know the name of our plays? He said, I know more than you think. Wow. And he walked away. So even he knows our playbook. He's on top of it. Well, again, the important <laughs> thing is you get down to the 11-yard line. You don't want to settle for a field goal because that just gives you a one-touchdown lead. It'd right. be 27-20. You want to get for, you want to get those six points. And uh, as it turns out, uh, you, you found Diggs for the, for the touchdown. Play action. Kirk straight drop. Pats it. Fires. Caught Diggs. Back in the end zone. Coach Zimmer will always emphasize, to a, to a fault, that we have to get touchdowns in the red zone. We cannot settle for field goals. And he's right. It really does end up being a telling statistic at the end of the season. The good teams were teams that didn't kick field goals. They scored touchdowns. And uh, we understood that in that moment, especially with how the Eagles' offense was coming on strong. And um, the Eagles were the number one red zone defense coming into the game. And so there was a heightened awareness to – take advantage of our red zone opportunities with a, with a respect for what we were going against and knowing we had to be that that much sharper this week uh, in order to convert in the red zone. And um, again, the touchdown pass to Diggs was one of my favorite plays in the game plan. I pushed for it this week, and Kevin 
to his credit, dialed it up at the right time. We got the right coverage, and then Diggsy ran a great route. And um, I just can't say enough about the game plan that our coaches put together with the, you know, the the variations of reverses, trick plays, screens, uh, mix of dropbacks, uh, uh, play actions. It, it all worked. And then obviously the red zone double move to Adam plays like that that were just wrinkles that I think keeps the defense off balance. Are you seeing the progression of this offense with the deep shots you took with Diggs, uh, the ability of Dalvin Cook, that you're, you are finding that rhythm right now that you've been looking for since the, the beginning of the season? You know, the deep shots helped, um, but we've had a few. You know, we hit a big one to, to Adam Thielen at the start of the Raiders game. Uh, we missed one to Diggsy in the Packers game, but we also hit one to Diggsy in the Packers game on a post route for a touchdown. Uh, Adam we missed in the Bears game. Um, so we've been calling these deep shots, you know, a fair amount. We've had a steady diet of it throughout each week. It's just a matter of do we hit them or not? Does the protection hold up or not? Do we have to check it down or not? Um, and does coverage give it to us? And yesterday it was a combination of protection holding up, the throw being accurate, uh, and the coverage dictating that we needed to, to go downtown. All right, thanks, Kirk. We'll be right back with Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks right here on Under Center with Kirk Cousins. And welcome back to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. And, uh, Kirk, we have two very special guests, guys who uh, make your life a lot easier on the defensive side of the ball. So I'll let you do the introductions and got, kind of take us behind the curtain a little bit about the two guys who mean a lot to this Vikings football team. Yeah, we're here with two of the best football players on our team, two of the best in the league, Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks, uh, outstanding linebackers. Thanks so much for being on today, guys, taking the time. Well, yeah, no doubt, Kirk. Thanks for having us. <laughs> after, the, uh, after the game this past Sunday, I needed you guys in here. I... Uh, I do a lot of standing on the sidelines and pacing when the defense is on the field, and knowing those two are out there makes me feel a lot more comfortable. You know, we go against each other in practice all offseason, and uh, um, I'll just start by complimenting both of you because when we played, I was in the Redskins, and we played you guys in 2016. Eric, you got hurt early in the game. I was going to ask you if you remember that. Yes. You ran into each other. So I was probably going to throw an interception in the the red zone. (laughs) And they both go for the ball. I threw it directly between both of them. Both of them probably could have, should have intercepted it. But because they both did, they ran into each other and Barr won that battle. And Eric was out the rest of the game. And so it ended up being one of the better plays I made because Eric wasn't (laughs) in the rest of the game. game. Right. (laughs) Strategic. And uh, and then I came to learn in 2017 how good Eric Kendricks really is since I didn't have to play against him the first time. Uh, He was all over the field. And then whenever we played the Vikings, going back to 2014, uh, we always said, send the protection to number 55 because you do not want your running back blocking number 55 in protection. And so uh, when I got here, uh, you know, I've kind of had the same approach. And the coaches have said, well, in practice, let's not scout our defense. Let's just go play. And I get pretty frustrated because these guys feast on that. But uh, it's been fun going against them. And uh, I just want to compliment you two guys, football players, because it's, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a real treat to go against you and then watch you play on Sundays. So uh, let's take it back a little bit. You guys played together at UCLA. You're both from California, different parts of the state. Talk about, uh, starting with you, Anthony, your decision to go to UCLA. I understand you were kind of a running back coming in. Right. Just kind of that whole process of picking UCLA from all the other schools you could have gone to. Yeah, um, it came down to UCLA and Notre Dame. Um, you know, I had a lot of Notre Dame ties with my, my father, my uncle. A lot of uh, other family members had gone through there. Um, and I took a visit out there in February, I think. Um, and it was, you know, February in Indiana. That's you know, a smart it was, time. It was snowing. Yeah, yeah, it was snowing and it was just ugly and it was like, 
completely different than anything I had, you know, experienced before. And, and Beverly Hills didn't look like that. <laughs> no, exactly. And I'm like 17, 18, like, damn, I don't know if this is the move for me. It's going to be February. Football, football's going to be over. I'm going to be stranded out here. So I decided to go to UCLA. It uh, ended up being an easier, more comfortable decision, I think, yeah. is really, really what it came down to. And I could stay close to my family. Right. I'm a big family guy. So right. that all played a part in it. And then Coach Newhouse told me I could play running back, and that's where kind of my heart was. And then Brian Kelly was like, oh, he's going to be a wide receiver. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm wow. not, <laughs> not going to be here. I'm going to go play that's running crazy. back. So how did um, you even end up at linebacker? Um, well, we had a coaching change my going into my junior year, and um, we had just come off a terrible season. I think I – think, was that you were going to the bowl game, and we are like – the, the worst team to ever go to like a bowl game, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was. We were like five and like but eight. But they or needed something. a team. They needed a team. So they like half the team was like, team. we don't want to do this. The other half was like, oh, come on, it'll be fun. And then we ended up getting smoked by I think Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, one of their, we we ended up sending one of their defensive ends going first round because he had like yeah, eight right. Sacks he had a good bowl game. Like, yeah, so exactly. Like, getting paid. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, we had a coaching change and we had a you know coach Moore came in, brought a new staff, and I was just kind of lost in terms of football world. Like, gotcha. I know what I want to do if I still want to play, if I want to transfer. Wow. Um, and so I kind of went to went to him, and he was telling us we're going to have a 3-4 defense. You could play outside, you could play the edge. And I'm like, I don't really know what that means, but sure, I'll give it a try. And wow. kind of just uh, evolved from there. I had a really a lot of help from guys like Eric and other older guys. And then my coach, Jeff Ulbrich at the time, was a really good uh, linebacker coach, and he got me right. So do you make the NFL if you choose to play running back or receiver? <laughs> no, hell no. You no think chance. you're a better fit at no, linebacker? Yeah, I, would, I would have been out the league by now. <laughs> you know, two years at running back, my size, I would have, you know, wow. it would have been, been a wrap. It was crazy to see, too, because I feel like uh, when he came at linebacker, like, obviously he was very, like, raw and you know, yeah. new to the position, but I feel like he had no bad habits. So it was like gotcha. when he started picking up things, he started picking them up. And it the was right like, way. That was his, yeah, that was his thing, like, pick up. So it was pretty cool. And you guys came in together. And you yep. came in as a linebacker, Eric. Mm-hmm. You're from Fresno. Yep. Got recruited. Were you offered by everybody in the Pac-12 and picked UCLA, or I, was it kind of different? No, it was. I had a I had an offer from Fresno State. You know, Washington State. Um, I had looks. You know, Stanford was looking okay. at me and, th- and some other schools, Cal and things like that. But um, not too much. You know, pretty um, straightforward yeah, yeah. decision to be a Bruin. My my, my dad went to UCLA. You know, okay. my brother, was, brother at was, there. Really oh, brother was at Cal. I didn't really want to go to Cal. I don't really want to go to Cal. Um, didn't really want to go to Stanford, and it was just kind of like. I feel like I should go to UCLA, you know. UCLA and Texas were like my two dream schools growing up. So, really, that's all I needed was that offer, and I was good. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, you come in. So, you're playing linebacker, but you redshirt. He plays as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And then he joins the linebacker room, and, uh, and you guys basically have been playing together ever since. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool deal. Yeah, it's, 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 it's wild, you know. Um, it's, I don't think you can look across the league, there's not many guys have had that experience, you know, to, to play so long together and um, do it at a high level, you know, especially. And uh, it's just cool because, you know, we continue to challenge each other. And um, I think we kind of feed off of, uh, of mm-hmm. one another. If someone has success and we want to kind of one-up him, but not in a way where it's like envy. It's more like, you know, we're always proud of one another. Mm-hmm. We always want to see one another do well, but yeah. we always want to push ourselves to be to be yeah. better. Yeah, you guys we, get back to Cali uh, much in the offseason? Oh yeah, the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This past year, we actually uh, we actually worked out at UCLA, so it was pretty cool to go back oh, there. Okay. And, you know, they have a brand new facility that you yeah know, we like to think that we built because you know mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We didn't get to use it, you know. Yeah, now yeah, we go right. back there and it's like this place, man. This place yeah. is crazy. When we, I think it was with the Redskins. The game, the years run together, but when we played the Rams one year, we walked through at UCLA. Okay. And got to see the new facility right there in the center of campus. It was pretty cool. Yeah, no, they, um, they, that thing is. 
like it's I amazing. Said, it's, it's like it's, TCO. I mean, yeah, and yeah. All of the bells and whistles and yeah. for college kids, they're so spoiled and they always still complain. Look at the campus. How would you not want to go there? Well, not only that, I mean, you're right next in Westwood. You're right next to Beverly Hills. You're not far from the USC. Yeah, much different. Oh yeah, beautiful. It's just got win some football games. You know, the only catch with the Bruins is their stadium is the Rose Bowl. Right. Which mm-hmm. is you know forty five minutes away, and they got to bus students it's there, true. and so it makes for a tough, tough yeah. dynamic. Other than that, it's hard to beat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. That's so true. I, I can't blame you for getting back to California as much as possible. <laughs> now let's uh, switch gears. Talk about the game yesterday. Um, I have a lot of respect for Carson Wentz as a quarterback because of his ability to scramble, how strong an army has. You know, the play's never over till it's over. Uh, what were your thoughts, game planning going into the game? What you thought you could take away? What you were concerned about? And then kind of your thoughts. Uh, coming away from the game, how you felt you executed. Eric, I'll start with you. Um, I felt like you kind of really know what to, never know what to expect. You know, uh, I feel like uh, every time we played them in the past, they've always <clears throat> they brought new uh, new elements to the game. You know, different wrinkles that they try to catch you off guard. So we know we got to kind of hold on for a second and just kind of get 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 our get our bearings. And and I feel like we just we started fast. We had that three and out uh, right off the bat. They tried right. to run the ball three times in a row. And I feel like that was just the we just set the tone right there. You guys came and scored, and it was and it was I mean, you guys scored before that, I believe. And yeah, we stopped them. And the fast guys, start was yeah, huge. it was it was it was big big time. Yeah, what do you think, AB? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they're a dynamic offense. You know, that you look around, uh, they're they have playmakers on all levels, right? The tight ends are dynamic. You know, he's the best player. You know, Ertz, yeah. you know, on offense, but then on the outside, they got Alshon, who's go up and get it. And right, then, uh, Nelson going to take the top off the defense. Um, and then the running back, um, you know, he's a great receiving threat. Um, right. 26 and uh, 24, obviously, you know, he's a downhill guy. So, uh, you know, coming in was like stop stop the run. We got to wrap up 24, stop his feet. Um, and then we got to shut down Ertz and, you know, make him throw the ball yeah. elsewhere. And you know, I think we did, the, did that for the most part, you know, slowing down the run and making them kind of one-dimensional, especially when you guys score touchdowns, right, and we get a little bit of a cushion team starting yeah, to have true. to throw the ball a little bit. And with our D-line, it's like yeah. let them go rush and we'll cover on the back end. And that's how that's the formula really for success for us, I believe, you know. So it uh, kind of all just came together. Yeah. And I think it's all coming together at, yeah. at the right time, you know, so it's important to ride It was, it was crazy that we were only like uh... – like we were four points, four points apart at one point because right. I feel like never felt like I feel that. like on the sideline we were just kind of like <laughs> we just had a thing that we had it. We just felt like we had to get it done. You know, we had a, we had we were all out there just you guys going on offense. You guys had a mission. We went on defense. We had a mission, and it was it was good to see that we weren't even like really paying attention to the score. It was kind of like yeah, we're playing we against ourselves. I you think, know what I mean? I think in, in years past we would have panicked in that situation, right? That we had a twenty-one point lead down to down to four, and now you, you start getting a little tight, right? And but yeah. it didn't feel that way. You know, it felt like we was in control of the whole game, and we, they had some big plays and you know that's going to happen in this league you know right um, yep. but if you know we limit those we're, we're going to be in well usually ball. i know with our defense if we can get about 30 points on the board we're going to be just fine and some games a lot less i yeah, remember we were out at, uh, usually we, gonna hold it down we were going you. out at halftime of a game last year and and bar says to me as we're walking out he said you score one touchdown we win this game yeah. you know i mean and that's true you know in some of the games we have and so uh uh you know i take great comfort in that but to talk about so mackenzie alexander gets interception <laughs> and we run down to celebrate the end zone, which I am all for. As you know, I'm pretty good with corny celebrations. <laughs> but I'm, I'm watching on the board later when they do a replay in slow motion, and EK jumps into a handstand, which is outstanding. Talk about that. Was that spur of the moment? Were you like, hey, man, I, I'm doing a handstand if anything happens today? I, honestly, I had different celebrations that I had in my head, and I didn't do any of them. Like, I didn't, they didn't you got a few in your back mind. pocket. They didn't cross my mind at all. So, like... That was completely spur of the moment. I don't know why I did it. Was it. Perfect. I did it. I couldn't even concentrate on my celebration. I was looking at shows. Like, <laughs> it was Damn, perfect. What is he doing over there? That's crazy. So speaking <laughs> of McKenzie's interception, how many almost interceptions have you two had this year, man? I feel man. like this year especially, it's been you guys have been around the ball a lot. 
You know, um, you do. You do. Yeah, you know, they're gonna come though. We, yeah, we, we're in the position though. We're in position. We're not trying to force anything. You know, we, if it happens, it happens. Obviously, those are plays that we can make, and we believe yeah. that you know yeah, we got to make gotta, them. Like, just, what yeah. I love is the one that AB had yesterday uh, on the in cut. You know, many times as a quarterback, what I'll do is I'll see AB there as the hook defender, and so I'm gonna say, hey, I'm gonna bait him to take this running back out of the backfield or this whatever route sitting down in zone, right. and then I'm gonna I'm gonna get my shoulders there. And I'm gonna fire that in cut right off his ear right. the other way. And to you guys' credit, what I was kind of alluding to earlier in the podcast was you guys don't give me that. Younger linebackers do, other linebackers do, but you guys are pretty aware that he's going to do that. And so I'm going to kind of bait the quarterback to, to, to do that. And then I'm going to, and I, I saw you do that basically as you're like, I'm going to kind of tease him to think he has that in cut. And then yeah. you, you dove for it. And I thought that's, that's Anthony Barbie and Anthony Sorry. Barr right there. I mean, it's a, kind of the one of the spread routes, you know, Ertz yes. at two is going to try and bend behind you and, you know, yes. hit the seam. So it was just – but then later in the game, later in the drive, I think, you know, he kind of did a – he kind of messed with me where he ran a dig and out, you know, kind of pivoted on me when Carson started rolling out to the left and then he banged, you know, the his route. Um, I think it was like fourth and 14. So I, right. that, like, ticked me off. But yeah, um, it's going to happen. You know, they're good players. No you guys doubt. were talking about the, the fact that the lead was cut to 24 to 20. And, and Eric, I think you made the, the key defensive play. It was a third and two – Eagles had the ball in your 21-yard line and went to a short pass to Jeffrey. You just blew that play up and mm-hmm. forced them to settle for a field goal. That was huge because the Vikings then took the ball and went right down the field and scored. So if you could describe, remember what you saw about that play and what the call was. But we but we had seen that formation. We had seen that. We had saw it once the, earlier in the, in the game, game, and they kind of I don't know if they dressed it up a little differently. Or they might have. It was very similar. Same. Him at wide at yeah. one and motion down to the cluster. It was a cluster, wide cluster, and, and it, it was, was and it was distinctive because it was a little bit wider. You know, sometimes clusters are in the hat, so mm-hmm. everyone can break out in their routes and they have a little bit of space. But this one was a little bit wide, um, and, and that's how a lot of teams try to attack us on third down. They yeah. see us and you know they see us and split and you know the double A gap look. And their answers to throw the wide receiver screen just it's a, lot of, <clears throat> a long way for us to travel to get there, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of the idea. But we weren't in that formation, but they just, I guess, that was a huge and I got, play, I got a tip, I got a tip from Harry. Shout out to Harry. <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we always yeah. we always give alerts like that, you know, um, and and sometimes they're vital like that. So when he gave me that tip, I just seen the formation and I was like, yeah, this is he's right. Like this is exactly what it is. Anthony, I was down on the field right to do uh, my my little halftime bit I do with Ben Lieber, and while we were on the field getting ready for the two minute warning. Uh, there was a running play, I think, and you just blew up a, a offensive lineman. And Lieber looked at me and went, "Damn, that guy's strong." Talking about you, yeah. I mean, you just blew him up. I mean, is that something you take a lot of pride into your person, your physical strength, along with your durability, of course? But so, more, more importantly, that that you don't see that very often. Yeah, um, I have a hard time remembering that play, honestly. That's okay. Um, it, it was there. You know, they all kind of <laughs> just yeah, mushed yeah, into one, you know, at a certain point. I haven't watched the Just talk a little more for your physical thing. strength. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think I'm any stronger than the average NFL player. You know, it's just really? kind of using your know, body in a certain way. And uh, I think just attacking and, you know, good things happen when you're aggressive, you know. So I, I don't I don't think I'm, you know, I wouldn't say I'm the big, yeah. bad, strong dude. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I can hold my own. What I love about these guys is they – you can hear when they talk how, how much of a thinking man's game it is. I mean, they understand route combinations. They understand percentages, formation ten, tells, uh, where they need to be in spacing. And then playing in Coach Zimmer's defense now for four, five, six years mm-hmm. together, there's an ability to know what should be done, unspoken, you know, in the crowd noise. They can make sure everybody's lined up, get to the right spots. Um, there's a continuity there that's fun to watch that not every NFL team can claim. And then uh, you also, in telling, you know, he's this guy's a former running back. This guy played three high school sports with a shortstop. They're not just big, strong, fast. They're athletes. And when I go against Eric in practice, he plays the middle linebacker position like a shortstop. 
You know, he has a feel. He has a sense of the ball. He can, you know, when I say I can sneak that over his head, he's mm-hmm, not going to mm-hmm. tip it. He takes one more step and tips it. And so it's, it's a frustrating thing to go against, but it's fun. And uh, at one point, you know, our quarterback coach, Clint Kubiak, in about May or June came over to me, maybe in a meeting or after practice, and he said, is this Eric Kendricks guy as good as he's been these first like few weeks I've been here? And I said, oh, yeah, he's the real deal. Wait till you see. And I say he's kind of underrated. People don't realize how, how much ground he covers, how fast he is. So uh, he's a favorite player of mine. No disrespect to A.B., but E.K. is probably my, my favorite player on the defense. That's nice, man. <laughs> that made me feel good. <laughs> you had a chance to blitz a little bit too. Man, I got was... dialed up yesterday a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I, I once I won one, lost a few. You know, but hey, <laughs> you know, um, it was a good call, man. Uh, when I got the, when me and Mackenzie got the sack, um, it was a good call and it was fun, a lot of fun. Well, speaking of blitzes and sacks, talk about what you're doing this month of October for every sack the Vikings man, get. Man, Sacktober, uh, every sack the Vikings get a cumulative. Um, we donate to Sheridan Story, which is a you know. Um, they they provide meals for for children all over Minneapolis. You know um, these these children just can sign up, uh, no requirements. They, you know if they need the food, they can sign up and they it shows up in their locker and then they take home uh, take the food home uh, on the weekend. So I think it's an awesome thing and wow. easy for for us to contribute. You know without you know really doing much, but you know using our platform. You know. Well, I can contribute by getting us a lead. So that they can rush so the passer. Coach know? Zimmer can contribute to the kids by calling some blitzes. So we're all in this together, trying to help the kids eat. Well, it's really cool that you know a couple of California guys have really got immersed in this Twin Cities community. Both of you have with both you know kind of initiatives you've done. So how have you taken to the Twin City area? I mean, and been accepted, uh, and, and use your own profile to to further your own cause. Anthony, I know you've you've done raising the bar, which is a, a really important issue for you, an important initiative for you. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about raising the bar quick. You know, it's uh, something started by my mother and I. Um, she was a single parent, uh, raised me as a single mom, my, my brother and I. Um, so our whole thing is trying to educate these single moms and allowing them to pursue their education um, and provide some type of child care while they're out doing that. Just because, you know, I had a great support system when I was growing up with my grandparents. and My mom could go out and do her thing and I'd be at the house and, you know, she, I'd be taken care of. But... Uh, there's so many people that don't have that luxury. You know, they don't have the grandparents, they don't have the extended family to kind of watch the kids. So um, we try to bridge that gap, and uh, it's been it's been pretty cool so far. Um, in terms of the Twin Cities, uh, it's been a it's been an awesome experience. You know, I had a chance to I had an option to go elsewhere this off season. You but sure was, have. Uh, um, this is home, man, and everyone's been. Uh, other than the drivers are so slow, I can't. It's crazy. <laughs> That's Coming back from LA, man, it's just it. like damn. The, the 55 mile power speed me, killing me. He is from LA. We did a yeah, walkthrough I, at his high school when we played the Rams, and it is right there. I mean, you can see yeah. the LA skyline from the high school. So he is from LA. Well, they have a new law now. If you're not going fast enough in the left lane, you're supposed to you're move supposed over to, yeah, to the right, right lane. Still, yeah, right. They don't it do still it. Still drives me crazy, man. Yeah, I get man. it. Other than, other than that, man, I like the Twin Cities. Bar, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the apologies going this week. Apologize for my Midwestern friend. Friends, I'm sorry you, on behalf of my Midwestern yeah, friends. Y'all need to speed it up out there, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, guys, and we'll be back with more with Kirk Cousins right after this. And welcome back to Under Center with Kirk Cousins, Mark Rosen, along with the the Vikings quarterback, along with Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. A very entertaining, uh, informative interview. and No doubt. Yeah, absolutely, Kirk. So let's take it run with it again. Yeah, so uh, you guys this offseason traveled together. Obviously, you guys spent a lot of time together. You go way back. But uh, traveled to, let's see, Rome, Japan, Amsterdam. Talk about that trip. What inspired it? Uh, how long it was? What kind of stuff you guys did? <laughs> um, so... Uh, 
I feel like one of my buddies was like, he had a, he has his first time ever leaving the country, and uh, I think it was something for work related. Wasn't yeah, it was work related, yeah, yeah. and he was going to Amsterdam. So he was like, "Hey, I'm booking a ticket. Like, this is my first time out of the country. If anybody wants to join me, join me." Like, <laughs> and we were just kind of like, you know, the hardest part about you know traveling anywhere is literally booking the ticket. Like, that's just the hardest part. And he had everything set up, you know, where we were gonna stay and stuff like that. So we went there. And then from there we went to Rome and Rome hmm. and it was like so different like the dynamics wow. to play like Amsterdam is just boom boom hustle and bustle so many people and um, craziness madness and then, then you go to Rome it's just like laid back and chill yeah the Italians yeah. are a little oh, different yeah. Yeah, was, they wake just up like in, their cars <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. they wake up at noon you know they only eat till 10 p.m. it's just right. like man this Culture. is the life right here the food is so yeah. good man, oh. I mean, never yeah. eat pasta again after so did you have a favorite favorite city favorite place. Um, they all kind of good in their own way. Like, I gotta go back. Like honestly, Rome like, was awesome. We wasn't. I wasn't there long enough. I, okay. I think we were there like a week or five days. I feel the same way. The, the experience. Wow. Like, There's so much more. Did you do. see the history in terms of the Colosseum? Yeah, we took the Colosseum. We took a tour one day, so we saw everything. The Trevi Fountain, uh, the Spanish. Wow. Thing. One thing I recommend, like when we first went there, we. Uh, we first of all we ran into these amazing people who like everything was closed and they they literally cooked cooked us a meal like themselves. Wow. We and landed then, at like midnight and it was in Rome at midnight everything shut down but we were trying to find some food and it was just like this little mom and pop like type shop they just, just cool. opened up and they just opened up open arms it was super cool. They drew us a map to the you know where we should because they told us they we said hey we recommend you guys go at night and see all the you know Colosseum and the, and the steps and everything like that. Wow. And so we went out that night and we just walked around and we and it was like all these things you see in the history books, but it was at night it was and it's cool, all yeah. lit up very well. And, yeah. was there, and so it was just us. I mean that was the well. best. That was like the best intro. But it was like so Rome. different because Amsterdam, my first experience mm-hmm. in Amsterdam, we get there, <laughs> we <laughs> we hop off the uh <clears throat> we took an Uber from the airport till we're staying at Airbnb. And uh I'm, we hop off the Airbnb and I'm kinda just like looking around. I don't really know where like trying to get my bearings right and have my bag, sit them down and there's a sidewalk like imagine this is the car, this is where I get out, and then this is in a whole other part of the sidewalk, and there's a woman walking, like, right behind me. And I feel like a presence. I kind of look back, <laughs> and she just looks at me, gives me an angry face. I'm like, what's up? Like, can I help you? And she's like, go back to your own country. I'm wow. like, what? Damn. What, really? Yeah. That my, was my first, first, my first experience with and a we were person. Just like, I'm like, oh, this is how is this going to go, man? Damn, like, we chose the wrong place to come to. But other than that, like, yeah, it was, it it was, was all great. good it, after that. Yeah, it was great. But, um, <laughs> and where else did you go? Amsterdam, Rome? And then went to uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah, quite so. a culture shock. How many total? Yeah. Two weeks? No, we, that was two different trips. Yeah, okay. two different yeah, trips. Yeah, yeah. So we went to Amsterdam, Rome, came home, that. and then we went back to, and like, being in April, I think we went to Tokyo. Will right? you continue next offseason with more travel? Is it yeah. worth oh, yeah. to That's, keep doing it? Absolutely. That's the plan. Great. It shows that we're not all that different, man. You know, we're all, we all have similar. We just want to be loved and, and loved. That's and, awesome. You know, do you have a certain destination in mind, or are you just going <coughs> to kind of play it by ear? I usually let him and his girl handle it, because they're <laughs> yeah. the planners. I just show up by myself. I just tag along. Yeah, I'm like their little child. What you need to do when you travel, because when I went to the UK with the NFL to promote the game, they're trying to grow Stuff, so they invited me over there to do some <clears throat> promotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Met a guy who said, um, I know the CEO of Aston Martin. And so if you want to get in a, in a cab, you can go out an hour and a half outside the city to their headquarters, their world headquarters, and they'll tour you around. You can sit in a DB11, yeah. see the factory, see their SUV they're coming out within a couple of years, like right. behind the curtain. That's dope. And so if you get to Italy or some of those places again, what you should do is go check out. I know you're a gearhead. You should go check out some <laughs> oh, of those cars. Definitely. <laughs> um, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> when you go to Italy I and go gonna, see Ferrari's I headquarters, gonna, I think I'm gonna do yeah. that like 100. Yeah. percent yeah. Every time we go, every time we go off, uh, out of the country, we try to see like a um, uh, international football game. You know, there you go, soccer game. Yeah, right, yeah. You know? so, um, 
we, we've seen a couple, and it's, it was it's been awesome. Amsterdam, that was pretty cool. Yeah, when I was out there as well, I went to a uh, to an Arsenal game. It's pretty fun to see. But uh, talk about your love for cars, Eric. We, you know, talk about the story about your grandpa with the Dodge Viper and and how you kind of refurbished that, and and uh, and just in general your love for test driving them and different things like that. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like it started out with Hot Wheels. Um, <laughs> super, super young age. You know, I had them all over my room, stepping on them and everything like that. And I just. I don't know. I've always loved cars. Like every time they drove by the street, you know, I always run out to the street. There's something about it. My son is two years old and he sees a truck or a bus and he goes crazy. Truck, it's bus, like train, wired inside of him. Or D- I didn't DNA. tell him to be that it way. Just is. It's no, great. You don't have to. No. And then I feel like I've, there's not much things that make me feel that way, honestly. And, it, and it's hard. It's a weird, you know, some people don't get it. It's but a passion. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not up to them. But, um, <laughs> so yeah. the Viper is something you're kind of, it's an ongoing project. Uh, yeah, you know, um, it's a, it's you basically inherited general, it, yeah, right? You know, Grandpa. Uh, it's my Grandpa's Viper, and I'm just going to take care of it forever. You know, I'm just going to hold on to it and just I keep keep it pretty original and, you know, just fix things here and there and just cruise it. Death on wheels. <laughs> cruise it. <laughs> <laughs> Safe to say it's not in Minneapolis. Oh, it is. Oh, it is? Yeah. It's, it's here. not going to drive it He's probably time. not taking it out in the no, snow. No, no, no. I'm going to just keep getting some more things fixed up on it and just keep taking care of it a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a labor of love, I'm sure. And then, Barb, i got to talk about this. I'm walking down the hallway today to come in here to do this podcast, mm-hmm. and I hear the whistling, mm-hmm. and I said, it's got to be Barb. I turned around, sure enough, it is. You're, you're really good at whistling, and you're pretty consistent at it. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll be I mean, you know, washing my hands in the bathroom and here in the shower. Yeah, my grandma. So I grew up with my grandparents, you know, my, like I said. And my grandma, she gives a you know, big Catholic and church songs is just she was to the church song when she cleaning when she cooking you know whenever and so i kind of just picked up on it and uh i can't i can't help it i don't even try to do it yeah no, you coming, know i think it just comes just, out just of you i knew he was coming down the hallway because i heard him whistle <laughs> you know, i heard whistle I'm just, I'm just, it's like well, a just, blessing and a curse you know, you know big bad bar the 200 and whatever pound <laughs> 50 pound linebacker who's bro- running over people for safeties yeah. and then he's whistler <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. just it That's doesn't it. fit, but it, it does at the same time. It's relaxing. Yeah, Can we get the Vikings fight song or the UCLA fight song? I got something else for you. I'm gonna do a. <clears throat> I just watched Aladdin last night. Oh, so. there we go. Oh, the new one or the old one? Oh, uh, the new one. Will Smith. Okay, yeah, Will it was Smith. okay. It was good. I right. enjoyed it. Jasmine is, you know, what I'm saying. Real. <laughs> 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 right. Don't look at me. It makes me nervous. <laughs> Disney, Disney needs to hire that guy. He could be in the next zippity oh, doo yeah. He has like a little flutter to it, too. Like he had it. Like he had that. Bit. I haven't heard that since I heard zippity doo dah. See, that's what I watch, too. Zippity doo all the time, bro. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Oh, that's yeah. That was your Hot Wheels. Absolutely. That was it. Oh, that's pretty good. So, uh, getting back to football, uh, we got the Lions this week. They play the Packers tonight. We were recording this on Monday, so we don't know the outcome yet. But, uh, uh, Talk about you guys are going against the Lions a lot, far more than I have. I've played them two or three times. But uh, talk about you know going against their offense, Matthew Stafford, uh, some of the personnel they have, and just obviously it's early in the week. But but your impressions of playing there at Ford Field and, and that opponent? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't. I haven't, honestly haven't watched too much of them this year yet. Um, but from everything I reading and hearing, they're, they're much improved um, as a football team all around. You know, obviously Matt Stafford's going gunsling that ball. Sling it. Um, 
that's what he does. Per usual. I, one, of my, I, one of my favorite quarterbacks to play against just because he's, he's a competitor and he just mm-hmm. he throws the rock and he doesn't. He takes a beating sometimes. And every mm-hmm. time we played him, we, we hit him pretty good. And yes. I think there's been multiple years we've had eight, nine, ten sacks against him. You know, So he knows what kind of day it's going to be and he stands in there and, and, pl- and still plays hard. Um, mm-hmm. I know uh, the, the running back, on Johnson, I think he's <laughs> – uh, having a, a solid year, and then Galloway, I think, is their is their number one. You know, yeah. so um, and they they have a new tight end they got, I think, from Iowa. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the first rounder, right? And he's been he's been playing pretty well f- as far as I'm concerned. So another team that has multi dimensional, like all three levels, where they can they can beat you. Come at um, you. So yeah. it's, it's going to be important for us, obviously, to slow down the run as always, and then put our ears back and try to hit the quarterback. Now, both of you guys had the green dot on your helmet, correct? <clears throat> Uh, he had yeah. We can only have one, but we can only have one. Uh, field. He when I when I haven't played, he, he picks okay. It up, yeah. So talk about is it Coach Zimmer in your head? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> talk <laughs> about that conversation, that one way conversation for three yeah. hours. What that can be like? I mean, I think we've had different experiences. Now <laughs> 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 uh, I started it when I was a rookie. Uh, in fourteen, they gave you the green dot. Fourteen. Well, Chad got hurt uh-huh. one game, so I had to wear it for the Saints game. I think, and that was that was my second game ever. Um, with, and I was trying to communicate the defense to these grown men that didn't care about me at all, right? They, they, I, they didn't know me yet, fire. right? Um, but it, it, it made me better. Um, but now it's like he coaches them. He gets fired up on what does he call plays, especially on third downs when it's loud, and he kind of tries to get the perfect call sometimes, and it just comes out like we're super wrong. But I know what he's trying to say. Yeah, you, know, you piece it together. At a certain, at a, after a certain amount of time, listen to it. Like I, I get the gist of it. Um, I think it's more difficult for when you just start, like when Eric has had the past experiences, and it's just like he doesn't really know. I'll, I'll let you speak on it, but I know it could yeah. be it's confusing because he's trying to say something that's not like exactly what it should be. I mean, he's li- he's literally calling defense, so I feel like he's, you just hear him think sometimes. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's like, thinking out loud. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, like he said, you know, uh, you got to be able to piece that together. You got to be able to like, you know. And that's uh, and, and everyone's looking like, at you for the call. Like, what's the call? Yeah, I'm like, bro, I don't got it yet. Like, and give me a second. When we're playing well, it's lo- it's loud, it's rocking. You know, it's hard. And you, and that's the that's the first issue is like, <clears> I'm just like trying to hear him. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to hear the call, and then it's like you hear like if you hear spots of it, then you have to like kind of piece it together because it's so loud. And I feel like you know at the when the when I first get when I first get the thing, it's like. It takes me a little bit to adjust to it, but then you know I usually like. So do you ever go down. rogue? Do you ever say like? There's times. There's times. Yeah, when I mean, you know, let's go double A's. Let's go three J. And, and it's that's like what. We gotta yeah. get on the ball. It's I, like, okay. Well, here's our call. That's what we're gonna ride with, and we'll live. That's and, good. We'll live die that's with another it, thing. You know, that's you good. know, you gotta you gotta know when to do that. You gotta know when to you know maybe get the get the call last minute, or you gotta know when to be like, no, this is what we gotta yeah, we gotta, we gotta just get in. We gotta just get get lined up. See, I never think about that from the offense's perspective. We control the tempo a little bit more. We can't go until we snap the ball. Obviously, the uh, the play uh, headset cuts out at 15 seconds on the play clock, so there's somewhat of a sense of urgency. And if I don't get it by 15 seconds, I got to call my own play. But I never thought about it as a linebacker. Yeah. You're at the mercy of the offense, and so you have to be somewhat reactionary, which is interesting. I don't but, think people even knew that that at uh, yeah. 15 seconds it cuts out. I think out. yours lasts a little well, longer. We, that's why I yelled at that's why mad. I yelled at Kevin uh, uh, <laughs> yesterday at the end of the game. We were in four minutes trying to run the clock out and. They were talking forever about how to run the ball against these loaded boxes. Essentially, it was cover zero every play. And they were trying to think of the best run possible. Well, they talked for so long and deliberated with each other that I never got to play. So I just ended up running the line of scrimmage and calling the best play I could think of. And, and uh, we ended up calling a timeout so we didn't get a delayed game. And then I screamed at him, give me the play for 15 <laughs> seconds. And then Kevin, in, in his calm demeanor, as always, comes over and says, it's okay. Calm down. No, so we're good. We got this. We're just talking. Usually so, when he gets the call, I'm just like facing the offense. So it's yeah, like we have a good dynamic. Like I'll get the call and he'll set the defense. So, so. I'll, well, I'll, and I'll, that's I'll, special. Like I'll, like the ability for these guys to go back to their freshman year of college. 
playing together, two great players who have who have been out there every down. Pretty special to have that kind of relationship where they can go play off each other. And Harry's giving the personnels, and you know, yep. it's just it's just yeah. everybody's it's a, just, it's a good, which, well, which a again, group. Yeah, huge, huge help that he yeah. he says, I, you know, I'm gonna take a little bit less, come back to the Vikings, and keep this thing going because continuity is a huge part of success in this league. And the, the, what they've had on defense now for several years is very rare, and it's been pretty special to be a part of. And hopefully, we can keep it together for years to come because. Um, well, the production shows, you know, yeah. what, what it's meant. We so. want to thank Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks for stopping by. Great and, job, guys. Thanks, thanks so much. Thanks for whistling. Thanks, thanks for all that. And, <laughs> Putting and thanks for the handstand. And I don't know, <laughs> who knows what's coming up next week. We'll be back with more with Under Center with Kirk Cousins right after this. And welcome back to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Mark Rosen alongside. And uh, our favorite time of the, uh, the program, we get some phone calls from our listeners. So let's, let's go check them. Hey, guys, great team win last week. It was awesome, great time, good game to watch. Uh, my question is, what are some of the things that you guys can do outside of the football field, outside of practice together? What do you guys do outside of work for fun? Thanks and skull. Uh, you know, there were guys in a bowling league last year who bowled together. Uh, you know, Barr and Kendricks, as we talked about, traveled together in the offseason internationally. Um, we have a team Bible study on Monday nights where we get together with a handful of teammates and connect with our with our wives and our and our teammates. So that's a good time. Um, you know, occasionally, you know, like Adam Thielen has a golf simulator at his house, so I'll go over there and hit golf balls with him. Um, so we try to find time to do things where we can get away. I think the younger players, you know, many times they live near each other or are roommates, and so they'll do more together. Uh, the old line kind of has their click, and they do things together as well. So we go out to eat a lot on the road. When we get into town on a Saturday afternoon, uh, we all get in an Uber and drive to a local restaurant wherever we are, and, and usually a group of 10 to 15 to 20 of us will sit down and break bread together. So that's always a fun time as well. And uh, it's a great locker room, a great group of guys, and I wish that when the off season hit we didn't all go our separate ways because if – it was like the you know the olden days, if you will, the, when guys stayed here year round. We probably would spend even more time together. Well, it's like any other business, really. You see each other for eight to ten hours a day, and then you you got your lives. And you, yeah, that's you know, true. You know, a big I mean, part of the football locker room is we're spending time together all day. So at the end of the day, you're not really dying to spend more time together. You've been together all day long. And players who retire do say that that's the number one thing they miss is the time with their teammates. Even if it means around work, that time together is still is still special. Great call. Let's go to our next one. Hi, this is Connor uh, from St. Paul, and I had a quick question. As a quarterback and as one of the leaders on the football team, I was wondering what your interactions are like with the other veterans and leaders on the football team. Do you guys have captain meetings, or what does that look like, and how does each individual leader's leadership style play into how the whole team chemistry works. Hmm. All right, thanks. Bye. Yeah, Coach Zimmer has selected six captains, um, and so those six players will meet with him on a semi-regular basis, off-season and in-season, to talk about um, you know on-field issues, off-field issues, even community events. You know how we want to do things in the community. So um, that's kind of the liaison between the coaching staff and the players are those six captains, and uh, uh, that's. You know, you wear the C on your chest on your jersey on game day, so you're identified as a captain and you go out to the coin toss, but it's really the the moments in between those coin tosses that are so important as to how you help lead the football team and drive the culture. So uh, those six guys really are those leaders, and um, thankfully around here it's been a pretty consistent group because players have stayed and been here, and so it is the Anthony Bars, the Riley Reefs, 
Um, you know, it's not a revolving door like some places may have. All right, let's go to our final caller. Uh, yes, my name is Terry uh, Evenson. I'm calling from North Dakota. I believe the recipe for success for the Vikings this year will depend upon each one's attitude of helping one another out and helping one another find success. As the quarterback can move in a pocket, he'll be helping his offensive line uh, overcome maybe a stronger uh, defensive line that they're facing. And I believe that that uh, formula for success will help them for the rest of the season. Uh, Captain Kirk, we're behind you 100%, and uh, you can be the champion you were meant to be. God bless you. Well, that's a great call. With that call, I'll say two coaching points I took from that. Keep your attitude strong, and don't be afraid to move around a little bit and uh, help out your old line. So I'll take that to heart going forward and appreciate the call. Yeah, you're going to Detroit. You said you, you, not, you haven't played them all that often, but you know uh, they're, they're hyped up in Detroit. This is a big no year, potential year for, for the Lions, and you've got to win a divisional game. It's, it's about time. No, I think by all indications the Lions are the real deal this year. Um, they've always had a great quarterback. They've been very productive on offense. Uh, I think their defense has always also been fairly solid, but Coach Patricia now in his second year, I think he's getting the system and the players that he wants in there, and it's showing in terms of the results. I think it'll be a tremendous challenge, especially on the road. And growing up in West Michigan, for me, this game always carries some extra meaning just because the Lions were the team on TV when I was growing up on Sunday afternoon. And uh, when I was in high school, the dream was to play in the state championship game at Ford Field. I didn't get to live that dream in high school, <laughs> but every time we go back there and play at Ford Field, I always take a moment and think about how, you know, in high school, if I had been told, hey, you may not play at Ford Field in a state championship game, but you're going to play there multiple times as an NFL player, I would have said, I, I don't believe you. You know, how could that be? And so I get to live a dream going back home and playing in front of essentially my hometown, uh, whether on TV or a lot of people are driving over. So um, it's a special deal for me to go back there. Well, best of luck on Sunday against the Lions. And we'll be back, of course, again next Tuesday night right here under center with Kirk Cousins. Have a good night. Everybody.